Greetings, family. I am here today to talk about a topic that I think some people um, may not be addressing or may not know how to identify, and I think it's really important that we talk about it. I mentioned it in my last video um, when I was talking about uh, like how many hats do you wear. Um, this particular topic is Compassion Fatigue for Africans 101, okay? So we're going to talk about what that looks like in the uh, community amongst the diaspora, as well as what it may look like um, for you and how you're experiencing it, right? I, I don't know that we even are familiar with the term. I know the first time I heard someone talk about this topic, I was at a training and they had various speakers and this particular speaker got up, you know, and um, I was talking to her at my table. I didn't realize that she was one of the presenters and, you know, we're just talking about the kind of work that we did in social services and um, some of the challenges we face. And then she stood up and she started to talk about compassion fatigue. And it kind of blew my mind because um, it, it, it is something that you may be having a challenge with and you know you're feeling a certain way and you're not really clear what it means. Um, and I thought this topic was important because I've had a lot of people calling me, folks popping up from my past saying, listen, like I, I need to get out of here. You know, I'm unhappy or I feel so dissatisfied with myself. Um, I feel like I've hit a wall at work, you know, different things like that. So I want to talk about compassion fatigue. Um, uh, maybe a description will help and then we can move forward from there. And this is not a mental health session, but this is a, a self-care uh, piece that I think is really important, especially if you're thinking about repatriating. Um, you need to think about, is this the time for me to leave my job? Um, financial concerns may be a challenge, but should I leave to save myself, right? So that's where I'm coming from with this. Um, so the definition, let me get to that. So compassion fatigue is emotional and physical exhaustion uh, leading to diminished ability to feel empathy um, or feel compassion for others, right? So it is described as the negative cost of caring. Isn't that deep? I didn't know there could be a negative cost for caring for other people, but in fact, it can be emotionally draining, right? So if you've been in social services for a very long time, or you've worked in a field where you're very compassionate, the medical field, um, the legal field, like whatever field you're in, if it's always you giving yourself and not being uh, rebooted or having that reciprocated, it can be very draining, okay? Um, they talk about it in four stages, which is really interesting, right? They talk about a zealot or idealistic 
stage and you know that's that stage when you first come in and you're just like everything's amazing everything's wonderful I'm here to save the world I love my job I love people I can't give enough for myself you know and then somehow after years of doing that you get to a point where it's too much you know you're like overwhelmed and you're just trying to process everything I know for me my frustration came with going to work for companies that stated they had a mission to um, bring services or resources to our communities. And when they weren't doing that, when it became about the dollar and not about the services provided to the people, I knew it was time for me because I felt like um, I wasn't being effective. I was not seeing where these people were actually benefiting. And when I did go above and beyond to make sure that they got what they needed, then I would have problems with, um, you know, the executives, right? Because I was like managerial, it's like middle tier based on my experience. And then that would lead to problems when it came time for promotions or raises. It was always an issue. Um, and then, you know, that leads to withdrawal, right? Because when you realize you're putting in all this effort and you're not getting anywhere, you don't want to give yourself like that. You, you kind of will designate who gets your time. So for me, I remember getting to the point where I would watch the clock and just hope the day would end, right? Without the phone ringing, without anyone in my office asking me for anything like that I just dreaded like I didn't even want to get up out the bed and go to work if it had if it meant going into the office if I was in the field I was fine dealing with the people but going into the office was a headache I I hated it I I really did I despised it because it was so much clicks and nonsense and immaturity in the office that I just didn't even want to go inside. And I wondered how these unprofessional people could be responsible for other people's lives, you know, especially when it came to us. They couldn't even take care of themselves. How can they help take care of other people? Um, Then they talk about the irritability phase, right? And that's the phase where you're just like, the the littlest things kind of irritate you or agitate you. Um, things that just don't make sense to you. You can't even like process it because you, you're so distracted. Um, and then the zombie phase, right? And a lot of us, I believe, are in that phase and we don't even know it, right? We are like rats on a wheel. We just keep going. We keep going because we know we got to get checked. We keep going. We keep going. We take the verbal abuse from the public that we deal with. We take the verbal abuse from employers, you know. Um, and the zombie mode means like you just kind of walking and doing what you're supposed to do. And it's all rehearsed, right? It's the same thing day in and day out. Like There's nothing exciting about it. Um, and, and it's hard. I know for me, I knew I was done when I just would dread the phone ringing, like I said. Um, and I got tired of people, you know, asking my opinion about something and then stealing my ideas and acting like they were the ones who thought of it. And, you know, I would sit there, I let them finish talking, and then I would simply say to them, So, um, how'd you come up with that idea? And they said, oh, I spoke to this person. I said, well, that's interesting because I had a conversation with that person and we talked about the same exact thing. So I'm glad to know that you all decided to use my idea. And then everybody was just silent. Like I wasn't supposed to say anything, you know, or they would say things like, "Um, could you tell us how we could bring more people of color? What they really meant was black people. 
right? How, how we could bring more people of color to work at this organization because we have a lot of clients that are from, you know, the that are people of color. We'd like to have people, investigators to come in. And I said, oh, okay, sure. Like what you need to do is advertise in these places. What you need to do is, um, you know, reach out in communities where these people live. And it was nothing about lower your standards because you don't have to lower your standards when it comes to us. Because if anything, we go above and beyond. And many of us are educated. Many of us have experience. So there's no need to talk about how you need to lower your standards. What you need to do is raise the bar and look in proper places where we are. Go to the schools where we're graduating from. Go to the communities with the people that work with the people, grassroots, if you're really trying to help. So there I am trying to make these connections in the communities, and they weren't interested in doing that. If it wasn't about a dollar per head, they really were not interested in helping people. You know, and when people make numbers more important than folks, I don't want nothing to do with them, quite honestly. I lose interest, right? Because that's not what I'm there for. I know we have to get paid. I know organizations have to run. But you do not sacrifice the services that the individuals need because you're trying to keep a check, right? Because we know they get all kind of tax breaks and everything else. There's really no need for that. Um, so for me, I was done, you know? Um, some of the other things we can talk about, um, along with compassion fatigue, are like uh, post-traumatic slavery disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? In fact, compassion fatigue is considered a secondary traumatic stress. Isn't that deep? Think about it. If you go to a job and before you get into work, your heart is racing, your anxiety starting, you're short of breath, Um, You feel nervous that someone's going to be looking over your shoulder or looking for a way to complicate your life, give you a hard time. Isn't that anxiety? Isn't that stress? Doesn't that affect you internally because you can't even express how you really feel because you're trying to maintain yourself? So I tell you, I say to you, if you're in a position in your life where you are dissatisfied with your employer, you are dissatisfied with your job and you want something new, and you really are just like, I'm unhappy with myself, don't be unhappy with yourself. Just say you need a change. That's it. Because you are not in control of the environmental stuff. So for you to take it like, oh, this is all my fault. I'm not where I want to be in my life. I've failed. I've made bad choices. Everything in divine order. Your choices have led you to this point because now you are awake. And when you wake up, it's painful, right? You've all heard me talk about this before. Waking up is a painful thing to do because you realize that this facade around you is not really who you want to be and not where you're truly happy. And that's okay because it's never too late to change your path and decide what direction you are going in. So identify that you have compassion fatigue. Identify that you may have been conditioned to operate a certain way. And then get yourself together, right? Bring yourself to the forefront, make yourself important and do the things that you truly want to do. And if that means moving to the continent, move to the continent. 
And if you're not going to move, that's fine. But visit. Because when you visit and you feel that freedom and you come back to the States, your life will never be the same again. I can guarantee you that. So whether you decide to live there or you decide to visit, do it. You will not regret it. And wherever you go, especially if you've been to any of the countries that I went to, know that you know someone there. Okay? Because you reach out to me. I'm going to make sure folks know you're on ground. People are looking out for you, okay? Because we have to look out for each other. You are not alone. There are so many people that care about you that you don't even know yet, that you haven't even met yet, but they're out there. So I want to say to you, do not let compassion fatigue stop you from moving forward. Identify what it is and make your move. Live your best life. Blessings. Blessings.